Welcome to the Electrician's Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Russ. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, we've got Chris Kerr, who's the Vice President of Clipsal by Schneider Electric. And we're here to talk all things Clipsal and have a little bit of fun because it's been a while between drinks. Let's get started. G'day, Jamie. Yeah, Rob, how's things, mate? Long time between drinks. That's good, mate. It's good to see you. And we talk every now and then on the phone, but it's nice to see you face to face and get back into this and record another show. Yeah, mate, we've been a little slack lately. Now we've got new shootout. We're going to put the foot on the gas and make up for lost time. What's your excuse, mate? Oh, mate, I've been a little short staff, so things have been a little bit hectic. I've gone from a really good lifestyle at work to a pretty hectic one being on the tools and managing the boys at the same time, doing a reno at home. My wife's busy with her business and juggling two kids, so things have been pretty hectic, but I'm here now, so let's make the most of it, eh? And you bought a property as well, right? Yeah, we bought some shops out at Kernel, so we've been renovating that. That's another thing I've been doing, actually. So we renovated the unit upstairs and getting the shops ready downstairs, ready for lease, so they should be ready to go early, hopefully early January, so they're currently vacant at the moment, so... I've been doing some landscaping and got some stuff going through council at the moment for the change of use, so... When it all goes through, we'll have some tenants in there and I'll be able to loosen the tie. Awesome, man. Maybe we can carve out a little space in one of those yeah, stores man, for a podcast studio. What about you? What's the latest? Oh, I've got no excuse, man. I'm just a slacker, right? Yeah, I'm waiting for you, but you're so busy. Oh, come on, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm waiting for the world to catch up. Nah, lots going on in my world, lots happening in the drone world, lots happening in the new podcast studio here as well. So that's a lot of fun. Good day, Chris. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. Thanks for coming along. So what's going on in the world of Clipsal Schneider? Oh, everything. We're coming to the end of year. Everything's a bit of a rush, like you were saying, just around what's happening and the work that needs to be done. But uh, really, 2022 has been a, quite a different year. 2020, obviously, and 2021, following through with the pandemic. But uh, it's been a, an exciting year nonetheless. So oh, that's uh, we're looking forward to 2023. In fact, we just had our what we call an all-hands call. We talk to our teams now. Used to be we get everybody in a room, but now we're doing it a lot more digitally like this podcast. And uh, yeah, really great feedback and really revving up the team for 2023. So have sales recovered after COVID? Like now that it all seems to be behind us? Yeah, look, to be honest, sales went really well over COVID. Normally when there's a bit of a crisis, there is a flight to quality. In fact, we found our sales increased and residential went crazy, right? A new build, we have a really good business and new build aligning with the big builders, volume builders across Across Australia and alterations and additions. People were living at home more and they weren't liking those four walls. And then all of a sudden you started seeing some of the approvals started coming through. So it's been a busy time for electricians and for us as well. You know, this year has slowed down a little bit as residential came off, but commercial started working really well. So normally our business is about 65% residential and 35% commercial, but we see that mix changing in next year a little bit as residential comes off. So essentially what COVID did was it just mortgaged forward a little bit of the growth that we had over these couple of years. And what about when interest rates go up, do you pivot and find another avenue to sort of make the same amount of sales? Yeah. So look, there's always opportunity to get more market share. We do have a high market share. So even though the market looks okay for next year, it's not the same sort of growth that we had during COVID, but it's okay. It's in growth. So we want to grow faster than the market. And then we just pivot to some areas like in commercial, we're looking at healthcare more because we know that will grow. We can see the pipeline on that. And residential, yes, new builds will back off a little bit and we'll see where interest rates go. From there, we'll pivot. Do we go back into more renovations, alterations and additions, or do we start working with interior designers, et cetera, and also architects building for the future stuff for 24 and 25? So we've got a really long horizon that we look at and then just flow through with what happens with the market. I often wondered how you guys are involved with the block with your iconic gear and all that often relate your iconic gear to the block because everyone yep. knows the block. How's that gone for you in terms of your growth? Yeah, really good. So I only joined Clipsal five years ago, six years, I think I'm coming up to the anniversary now. And we needed to bring up the brand awareness around Clipsal. Clipsal is the biggest brand that most consumers don't know. 
for sure, Sparky's no. But when we did a big sponsorship prior to me arriving, which was the Clipsal 500, we did that for a long time, great event. But what we found through the brand analysis on that is most consumers thought we sold stuff through super cheap. They thought we were a car brand. So we had to pivot on that. And really pivoting on that was really the first step in that for us to try and bring up that consumer awareness. Because it's not only just around everything you need as an electrician for back of the wall, the installation, but it's also that decorative choice. We knew with Iconic that was coming, which is a new wiring device platform, that you had the ability to change the front of those skins. So we were bringing in more decorative, more technology choice. And Block really gave us that first step into we were doing a sponsorship. Okay, what is Clips all about? We did a TV campaign. And really since then, our brand awareness has actually increased quite a bit with consumers. So we try and create the demand for the consumer and equally for the electrician, be there for the electrician. But they're two different worlds. So that was the idea with the block. We're on TV this year talking about electric home design because we know that's going to become even more prominent over the next 10 years and energy within the house and the decentralization of energy. So this is a space that we're really after in terms of bringing that brand awareness up. We know we've got it with the Sparkies. We've got to deliver the right product for the Sparkies, but equally deliver the technology that the consumers want in a pragmatic, more consumer-friendly way. Are there other companies in Australia competing against for that sort of market share? Yeah, sure. They're great competitors, you know, the likes of Hager, NHP. We certainly have probably the broadest range and Clipsal's been around for a long time. In the middle of COVID, we were supposed to celebrate our 100-year anniversary in Singapore. Well, COVID put that to a stop. But yeah, we do have great competitors and that's what keeps us on edge and trying to make sure that we continually innovate to make sure that we've got that roadway or runway for the next 20 to 30 years. Yeah, fantastic. I always love it when we have a senior business leader on the show, somebody that's a CEO of a large company. And I like to take the opportunity to ask a couple of questions about leadership, if I may. Sure. Yeah, go for it. How many people do you look after? We're about 150 people, but we have a lot of functions around us. So the way that the corporations normally set up is matrix. If you're a standalone company, you would have supply chain, HR, but I business partner with them. Mm-hmm. So if you incorporated everybody, you're well over 300. But, you know, we've got supply chain and everything, but they are standalone functions and they find their speciality and then they business partner with me. So I'm their internal customer. So the people that report into me are mainly sales and marketing and then and general management or the head of management. And then they work with the partners or partnerships. So HR, supply chain, what we call our LOB or our Pacific Design Centre, which is based in Adelaide. So we're lucky enough, as Clips are so big, is that we have a factory based in Adelaide and we have a design and R&D team that sits there. So we partner with all of these people and then my team will then go out and sell the product and market the product out to the business. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face in managing a team like that is the thing that I look at all the time is that it's easy to manage a team of three or four people. And I think that one person can't really look after any more than about half a dozen. And once you start getting beyond that footprint, it starts to become quite tricky. How do you balance that with relationships with heads of department and different silos in your business? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know the answers to everything, right? So I've got to have a really good team around me and it has to be quite diverse, right? And you've got to be able to have debate. When I first started as a leader, I just hired people that were exactly the same as me. Mm. <laughs> but you generally just get the same direction, right? You'll just get one way. So we have a really good leadership team that's quite diverse in the background and, and what they know. Some of them have come from pharmaceuticals, some of them from consumer electronics, some from electrical industry. So they challenge us in terms of what we need to do. And then they challenge their teams down through that as well. So for us, especially in Snyder, we're trying to bring that diversity and inclusion into the business, which will give us a better outcome in the end. So yes, everybody's got a voice in that leadership team. I have the one vote. If it's all equal, then, you know, okay, this is the way that we're going to go. But we do a lot of work on our strategy, a normal corporate sort of jargon in terms of what is the runway for the next four to five years to make sure that we're going in the right direction. Because what you see every day is just the tactics, right? You just see the outcome of a lot of work that was done a long time ago. I'm asking the questions, Roland. What's really going on behind the doors there? What's really happening? Yeah, so my role is, if I put it into Horizons, so the sales and marketing team are in Horizon 1 and 2. So that's looking next year and the year after More that. More immediate. Yeah. 
my job is to set the strategy and work with the team on horizon three and come back to horizon two. Yeah, I'm in operationally, I'm in horizon one, but I've got people that are able to do that and make sure that they're running that the best possible way that they can. But my job is to set the direction and make sure in four, five years time that we're going to get the growth. It just doesn't happen. You've got it's the magic. magic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And especially in our industry, products take a long, when I first came to Clipsaw, and we still have products that are 20, 30 40 years old, right? Still selling incredibly well. And one of the key measures for us is to bring innovation to the market that can help electricians and help consumers as well deliver what their needs are for their houses. So, yeah, we're working with that design centre in Adelaide. We would love to make what we want, right? But that's not our job. It's to make what our customers need. So we need to really understand their needs. We go out there and do qualitative and quantitative research, then do the segmentation, then do the marketing, and then we get to the tactics. Which so is, is your customer the wholesaler, the electrician, or the homeowner, or all of the above? Yeah, so the wholesaler is our partner. No, not our customer. They're our partner. We work together to get the result. The consumer is the user, but the electrician is the chooser. <laughs> so depending, some consumers are not going to get involved with front of the wall, they'll get involved more, and with smart home and technology and where that's going to go, they're going to bring more demand. But back of the wall, yeah, that's up to the electricity. The consumer doesn't care about that as long as it's safe and it's in there. So we're trying to, so different categories, we have different levels of involvement, but that's the value chain in essence is us, the wholesaler, and then that consumer creates the demand or the electrician is creating the demand to go into the back of the wall. Yeah, makes sense. Jamie, what do your time horizons look like for you in a small business? Do you look out 12 months, 18 months ahead? You ha- you must have work programmed halfway into next year, or is it just to tomorrow? Uh, right now, it's the 22nd of December. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because we're a small business, we play it month by month, and it's a more of a lifestyle for me. I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy the team side of it. I enjoy the customer. I enjoy the customer service part of it. I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy meeting new people, Chris, so thanks for coming on. So my Mine's more short-term. I've got long-term goals with my success. It's not always based around my electrical company. But yeah, I'm pretty flexible. I'm fixed on what I want to do every month. If an opportunity comes up, I'll decide on the spot or within the next couple of days whether I take it or I do something else. I'm flexible. I'm, I call myself the chameleon. So <laughs> whatever happens, I'll adapt to that. And sometimes it'll, my my direction might go in a completely different direction than what I originally thought it would. Yeah, I think it's a really important topic to discuss and to hear your perspective from a larger business and then the small business perspective. My business is about the calendar. So yeah. I'm by default looking into the future with my calendar. But if my calendar only extends three months into the future, I don't really think beyond that because I don't really need to because I know that's going to be a rolling three months worth of booking so it's okay for me in that particular sense but it's probably a good idea and maybe a bit wise to take a leaf out of your book and your leadership there to actually give it some horizon and where would I be in 12 or 18 months I ask myself those questions all the time but I rarely write it down and then look back retrospectively from 18 months ago where did I say I was going to be 18 months is today where am I I'm closing those gaps and I'm hitting those milestones in my business but I think when you've got more going on and there's more people, organisation, and you've got how many products are there in the suite? There must be hundreds. Yeah, there is a lot. These so we, the we sell, right? we, yeah, we sell every year 140 million items of something. So 140 million, million SKUs. Not SKUs, but items. Yeah, but that's how many SKUs have gone out the door, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's a lot of product and we have what we call quite a long tail. So, you know, 80% of our business is done with 20% of the products. It's the same old rule. So That works at scale. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And But we have a long tail, especially for our electricians. It's very hard for us to get rid of products because they're needed. What and do you mean get rid of products? Say if we were only doing $500 sales a year, which you look at the economics of it, you go, okay, it's not worth keeping that product. Yeah. But we have big houses and big variations of what's needed in the house. Someone might need that four gang switch with a whatever and so we find it hard to get rid of what we call the long tail well you mentioned that there was products there that have been selling for 40 years yeah look the business has been here for 100 and that's one of the things you know i come from consumer electronics really fast moving have a lifetime cycle of nine months you're selling a tv now that's going to be obsolete in six months time I came into into Clips by Schneider and it's like, okay. Something completely different. Something completely different. <laughs> and there's a couple of dynamics you have to learn in there, which is it takes 
electricians are very loyal to the products that they have and they like it, the quality. They don't want to go back to a job. They want to do it once and they do it right. When we bring new innovation, it takes a long time. That hockey stick, it's quite a hockey stick. It goes like that and then boom, straight up. So give you an example of Iconic, for instance, which has become the biggest wiring device in Australia now. We launched that in 2016. For the first couple of years, it was sales it was quite small. So yeah, we do have products that have been around for a long time because there is a need for them and the business is definitely big enough. But also that innovation came through in the early 2000s we need to make sure that we keep on innovating and bringing stuff that's going to make it easier, faster and better. That's what our key challenge is. Yeah. What you just said before, electricians don't want to be going back to jobs. That's yeah. a really important thing. And I'm always at the wholesaler listening into what electricians are complaining about. And it is usually going back to jobs. And now that there's all these smart devices out yeah. there and when internet goes down yeah. or Bluetooth goes down or there's a signal issue, we're getting a phone call. And I find that a massive problem. And I've spoken to Hager about this before. I'm like, it's not Hager getting a phone call. It's you. It's the electrician getting the phone call. And we're having to go out there and try and problem solve why it's going on. Yeah. And they always automatically think it's an install issue rather than a product issue. Yeah. And I always explain to the client, I didn't make the product. <laughs> I'm just installing it as per the instructions. So how do you guys evolve from that? Yeah, look, I think it could be the NBN's problem, right? The NBN has turned off and then nothing's working. Your solar's not working anymore. But the consumer doesn't know that, right? So I can see the evolution of electrician, depending on, there's many segments that they can work in, becoming like an integrator, but in the managing of that, right? And as we become more smart home, especially home energy management, as we get bigger loads into the house, then I can see the electrician model might change, right? I'm going to be there for when you want me to be there. Because you're putting, you're right, you're putting a lot of tech in there. Mm. I had a blackout happen in my area just recently and I've got solar, I've got battery backup and everything and the system didn't work. It was like, hold on, the power's gone out, my system's self-sufficient, I've got 20 kilowatts of battery, I've paid all this money, why is it not working? And so I ring up the installer who's made his money doing the job to start off with, right? I said, get around here. I've just spent all this money on this thing and it's not working. This is the time it should yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. But unbeknown to me, we had installed an electric water heater for the pool and the electrician had put that on the battery backup circuit. So it was overloading the startup on it. So he came in and said, okay, well, what have you done? What new stuff have you got in the house? I was like, oh, yeah. The heat pump for this one. And that wasn't there in the original install? No. Yeah. So, and I said, Oh, how many calls did you just get? And he said, I got 20. Really? Yeah. It was an interesting discussion because as this decentralization of power comes to the home, then I need to look at my business model, not only just making product on the install to start off with, but saying, I need to give you a service fee to look after your house for $150 a year or whatever. He needs to do that, right? Now, normally it's a call-out fee. He's, oh, I know you've spent this amount of money in here. It's a hard equation, but he's looking at differentiating his business model to accommodate for this new technology that's mm. coming into the house. That's interesting, that, like a subscription or something like that. But I think the reason why the electrician gets the call first and foremost is because he or she's most easily accessible. Yes, yeah. If you call the MBN, like yeah. it's a, oh. a two-week wait. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, you're not yeah. going to – if you're going to call Clips, who are you going to call? Like, yeah. They don't know what number to call, so they call the electrician and you're the problem solver or the electrician's yeah. the problem solver. So I do get it. And I like what you said about how – an electrician's business model might have to change a little bit because of this technology and it might be a subscription or a membership to have you maintain and look after their property and yeah. the calls are included in that. So I've yeah, never I considered think that's a that, reasonable so, yeah. discussion for the electrician to have. Yeah. Homeowners are going to invest more and more in this technology. Ten years ago we talked about smart home and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't really ready, but now it is. It's starting to get there. And as home energy management comes in as well and EV comes into the house and the bigger loads and how you manage that, at Clipsville we're trying to address that need. But equally the consumer doesn't know what a kilowatt is, right? So you have to have an interface that's incredibly simple but also the backup there to be able to come and say, okay, why is it working or not working? Inevitably, the system is is good, 
but something's been added on mm. to cause a problem, right? Uh, if the NBN goes down, yeah, the NBN goes down. That's everything in the house is yeah. <laughs> now that it's all connected. Makes sense. So regarding EV, we put an electric car charger in, in a building. Well, it was like 60 apartments the other day. And the client said to me, he goes, what happens when everyone wants to get an electric vehicle? So say you got a building with a car spots mm-hmm. and everyone's going to want to have an electric vehicle. Do you have something planned for... Yeah, we're, 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 that? yeah, well, we're, yeah, that's where Schneider's been for a long time in yeah. terms of that load management into buildings. Now, I'm not an expert in that area, but that's where a lot of our core technology is. So the systems to be able to manage that the best way that they can. For sure, new big buildings need to accommodate for that. Mm. Where you've got retrofit, it becomes quite hard, yeah, right? Yeah. In homes, it's a little bit easier. You know, EVs coming through, you're going to have the same load as aircon that's coming through there. It's how you manage that. But we see a world where, you know, I think there's 10.8 million standalone homes in Australia. They'll each become a petrol station or an energy station mm. for these cars. And then how do you manage that? Am I going to grab that from the grid? Am I going to grab that from my solar? But what we see already, and if you look at the latest EV council report, most solar buyers who buy a car will buy an EV. So they'll charge it from the green solar. There's a few myths around EV, right? It's early days. I think of the total population, I think 0.2% is EV sales of cars now, but it's gaining steam quickly. I think overall 3% of new car sales this year will be EV. And in ACT last month, 14% of new cars were EV. So it's actually a real revenue stream for electricians. Mm. I would be, whenever I'm talking to electricians, I'm saying, okay, get into this space. It's something that they're interested in. Some electricians are not interested in jumping on the roof with solar and mm. everything that's involved with that. But definitely with batteries and with EV, there's a really great opportunity to increase your knowledge around that area yep. and make sure you're at the forefront of that because all of these cars are coming in. So how do you recommend doing that for electricians listening? Yeah, we run a lot of training courses. We've been in EV for a long time and EV charging. So we run a lot of courses for home automation and also EV as well. You can see it online. And even if you join in with Club Clips, there's a lot of events that are happening around that. And we can see there's demand for it, right? What is it? What do I need to do? How do we do it? Our job as a business is to try and, okay, how do we bring all of this together? How do we manage that for the consumer? How do you who's not really interested in a kilowatt, right, Mm. but wants to make sure that their car is charged. There's a lot of myths around EV and what it is and what it isn't. We have a number of beta users, technology that we're trying out. But distributed energy, Schneider does that on a grand scale. You can imagine that for the home, it just needs to be the same, right? Mm. So it needs to go, okay, where do you want it? What is the priority? And then what do I use? And just make it for simple for me, for our consumer. Yeah, well said. Chris, whenever I talk to a senior leader of a business, I'm always struck by how articulate they are and you really nail these topics and these questions really well. And it just reminds me that this is such a wide ranging topic, such a wide ranging thing. What would be your piece of advice to somebody listening to this, a small business owner, Sparky, listening to the Electricians Co-op podcast, and they're thinking like, how can I level up my game? How can I be able to speak more articulately and know my products and services better? I think you've got to live it, right? Like I can talk about it because I live it. Mm. I have an EV. I have the stuff in my house. I've always been a geek per se. I've always wanted it to work. It doesn't necessarily work. So you've got to get insight. Like, so as an electrician, I'd be like trying the smart home on myself, right? Like how does it work? What works? What doesn't? What are the pitfalls? What can I stay away from? Otherwise you become really nervous about taking that too a homeowner, and then they they rely on you to give you the best judgment. Our research shows us that and are the trusted professional in the home. And I think electricians sell themselves a little bit short of other professions that do the same in the homes as well. Because fundamentally, consumers are scared of electricity. They don't want to touch it, right? So well, they're so focused on price. But What about safety? Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Safety's big. You know what you're doing more than me. Yes, I can YouTube it, but I can't install that product. My house isn't going to be insured anymore. It's funny you say that because I did a TikTok video the other day talking about DIY electrical. It had 220,000 views, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if you, I've only scrolled through a few of the comments, but it had three and a half thousand comments. Wow. And well, most people- What are people DIYing electricity? Most people said, 
I'd do it myself. Really? Yeah. Honestly, if you read through it, it is shocking how many people are prepared to give it a go themselves. Yeah, and, and that's places dangerous. Places like Bunnings yeah. encourages yeah. things like <laughs> that. Yeah, that's why we stay away from yeah. Bunnings, right? Yeah. We're here to support the electrician. Yeah. We know the electrician's trade. We know they're a profession. And this is an area, you know, okay, if I want to give tiling a go, I might give it a go. I might go jump on YouTube. But not with electricity, yeah. right? And if you're doing it yourself and then you have an issue with your house and is it insured, who put that product in? Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but if you do electrical work unlicensed and someone is killed in the event of what you've done, it's manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. It's very serious. Right? Yeah. 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 So, and that's why we try and educate the electrician around what's new, what's coming up. Clearly, there's some things happening in the market, right? Like EV, it's going to happen. And then it's like, okay, how am I going to help my customers? Rather than keep on going, and especially if the market's going down, I'm always looking for that new customer, but actually go through the back of your book, yeah. the customers yeah. that you have. Well, that's a hard um, thing, finding new customers. Yeah, yeah. Just, just make more sales out of your existing customers yeah. that already and trust the, you. Yeah, and what I see is that a lot of the younger electricians are starting to get that, right? Over 50% of electricians in Australia are classed as millennials, right? So under 36 years of age. So they're different to some of our more older and loyal customers around what their needs are. They want to know how to run a business. They've got the digital tools to be able to do it. Whereas some of those customers that have been with us for a long time is a little bit slower to adopt into that new technology and they know how to do it they've been doing it for a long time and this is the way that they want to do it but they've got to like the younger electricians are adopting business more business ethic I would say and okay what can I do to make my business better I want a lifestyle I want to be able to be with my family their needs have changed quite a bit as well so we need to adapt to that as a business as well yeah, yeah. said let's take a, a little break and we're right back Hey there, Rob Russ here. If this is your first time here at the Electricians Co-op, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. Thank you for your loyalty. If you like what you hear on today's show, make sure you share this with your mates who are electricians. Jamie and I want to reach as many people as we can with the Electricians Co-op. And we want to help more people to break through to the next level in their career, their business, and their life. All right, Chris, I've got a couple of questions here for you, not really related to Clipsal, but more generically to the industry. What are some of the things that you are seeing as trends in the electrical industry? You mentioned the millennials there, and they're looking to get ahead and have a better lifestyle and live the lifestyle that Jamie's leading, but that doesn't happen overnight. What are some of the other trends? Yeah, so as I mentioned, the, the younger electrician that's coming in wants to shop when they want to shop, right? So we see e-commerce, especially with COVID over the 2020 and 2021, really accelerate. And there's products that lend themselves to e-commerce. So we see that there will be like an omni-channel approach where I'll shop offline, Similar to what you do as a normal consumer, right? Their expectation is that our wholesalers that we work with our partners to be there when the electrician wants to shop. E-commerce is a big one in terms of, say, the business model per se. And we're a little bit behind the times. The consumer has been there for a long time. When I say there's products that lend themselves to that, we know that 50% of an electrician's business is planned and 50% of it is unplanned. That planned part of the business, the products that you're using all of the time, say back of the wall products, installation materials, that probably lends itself more to e-commerce mm -hmm. than some of the other stuff. The wholesale our partners are really important because they're a critical point of interaction with the electrician to say, okay, what's going on? What's some education that we can help with in there and training. So you see wholesalers having online and also their bricks and mortar strategy. You see some people that are only online. So that's one of the big trends that are happening in terms of the go-to-market model. One of the other ones is around energy management. And I've spoken about that a couple of times now. And I think the government talked about 20% increase in electricity prices this year and 50% for next year. That's a big chunk. And we've had a couple of global visitors recently. Australia is such a hot market in this area in terms of renewables and 30% of households in Australia have solar. It'll go to 50% in time as well. For sure, EVs coming. Battery is attachment to solar is really high as well. Do you see those things as like future-proofing your dwelling, your house by getting off the grid and having those things. Is that yeah. a future-proofing concept? I know a lot of companies talk about those types of concepts and things. 
Is that something that yeah, I think do? maybe from my own experience, we we spoke about it offline before. Just when COVID hit, we were supposed to go on holiday, you go abroad, spend a crazy amount of money. We decided, okay, we're going to use that money in building an ultimate power station at home and see what we can do because we knew that we were going to spend more time and it was going to cost money. We had also had one of the biggest things, which is bill shock. Quarterly bill came through. It was like. Oh my God, like we've got a family of six, so we use a lot of energy and that was over a thousand bucks. And I'm sitting there going, okay, if I times that by 10, if I times that by 20, I'm paying for a system here easily. So you go in with a return on investment sort of mindset, or I certainly do, but it moves to a return on comfort and then return on environment. So I can see that over time, this decentralization of power and power costs are going to get consumers more involved in these areas. And, and that's why the electrician is going to be in the centre of quite a revolution for the next 10 years. This flow is coming and it's coming fast. So to understand what's happening to consumers and what their needs are and who can help with that in terms of their suppliers that they support is really important. So like I said, EV is going to be a big load that comes into the house. Okay, you're not going to plug that into an outdoor socket. You can, but people are going to want a slightly quicker charge to be able to do that. People are going to want to manage that energy in their home. They're probably going to look at battery backup. When bi-directional charging comes, when you're starting to use your car battery as your house battery, then, you know, that's not fun. Yeah, right. Interesting, yeah. So what you plug your, your car in overnight and that can charge or power your house. Yeah, wow, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so if you look at it, say if I share in my circumstance, i put a 14 kilowatt system on the roof because I could. I had the roof space for it and it was north facing. That's twice as big as what the general average is. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a big one, yeah. Yeah, because I knew I'd be limited by the production. But this is always an involving space, right? There's, you know... I thought, okay, any excess, I'll just pump into the grid. The policy for the grid charges changes and they start restricting how much you can put into the grid. And then we bought, okay, when that changed, we thought, okay, we need to store some of this because we're getting, our system is now throttling down because there's a five kilowatt threshold to send into the grid. So we put 20 kilowatts of battery, which was quite an expensive thing to do, but let's use this energy. But if we had our time again, because we bought an EV, access to the energy in the EV, because that's just a rolling battery, basically. Mm. If you think about it, in Australia, it's around $1,000 per kilowatt for a battery. We bought a car that was a 72 kilowatt battery for 80 grand. So we Mm. bought a 72 kilowatt And over time, that access to that energy, I think, will enable that bi-directional charging, will enable to power the house overnight, which might use five or six kilowatts, and depending on winter might be different, and then flow back in during the day when you need to charge it up again. I suppose the one thing that concerns me as an electrician is when you're selling things to clients is by the time you've paid, you've got your money back for what you paid for the solar and the batteries, there's an upgrade, and you upgrade again, then you're back to square one. So obviously, batteries are going to become get bigger capacity, solar panels are going to be able to generate more power. Is it, Do you think there's going to be a cap on that? Because I, I remember the memory stick used to be 250 megabytes, then it was 500, then it was 750, then it was a terabyte, and so on and so forth. Will that be staged this in the same way, do you think, as yeah, I think storage would be? There's a fair bit of demand out there for battery storage, right, everywhere <laughs> you yeah. can see it. In terms of production, my panels that I put on my roof were 330 watt. Yeah. I just met a partner the other day, a wholesaler that was now selling 415 mm. watt panels yeah. for the same. And it's almost going to Moore's Law and Tom's. Next generation of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. going to just get more and more efficient for yeah. less space, yeah. basically. Which means you're always upgrading. Yeah, yeah. I think I look at it and go, oh, I'd love a 415. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the new, a, new car every three But it doesn't need. make sense, it's right? Same, it's with the TV, like. Back in the day, it was like you had to have a minimum 50-inch TV. Then it became 65. Now it's like 85. It's a minimum 85. And I suppose it will be the same thing with panels, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, Solar's not our business. It's the consumer mindset, though, is everyone's business. It could be. It could be. Once... In our experience, what our family gets out of it is that we've gone beyond net zero, right? We've said, okay, there are some things that we can do in our household that can help us from an environment point of view. And my kids push me every day around this. I've come from a generation of consumption and I didn't think about recycling and all the landfill, but our kids do and it's important for them. And so 
Once I showed them the solar system, they don't understand the kilowatts. And I said, okay, we get five buckets from the grid and we use three buckets of water. And then we can send two buckets into that bit there to use later on of water. They like fully into it. I think you've got to be pleased with the system that you have because it's still generating, right? There's and your kids are 10, 7 and 5, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't imagine having that conversation with my kids. They'd be glazed over in two seconds. What are you talking about, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of the kids are getting taught in it. Yeah, they're learning it at school. Yeah, 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 they're learning it at school. And in fact, our 10-year-olds had a straight-up argument with an elder in our community because they were debating climate change and all that sort of stuff. And my 10-year-old went head-to-head with the 65-year-old and just said, which is fine, (laughs) but they're getting taught it, right? And so they expect, certainly in our household, they expect us to do something about this, right? They know the difference. So you get them involved in it's quite good. But in terms of upgrading... Yeah, look, one of the things that we've done is as we've created more energy, we've thought about things, we've electrified the whole house. So that's our positioning for Clipsaw is to talk about electricity design or electric to home. You've gone to the electric cooktop, you've gone to... We haven't actually used an electric barbecue now, which are pretty bloody good. Really? Um, oh, yeah, there's actually some lawnmower now as yeah. well. Because you try and maximise the system if you're not going to get any money for it. Yeah out there in the grid then you're like yeah yeah so that hence the swimming pool heater and then you start having conversations around i come from a generation where my father was telling me to turn off the lights i'm Mm. telling my kids to turn them on use (laughs) this you say little power now everyone's like like 10 watt for an led down lights leave it on whatever yeah Yeah, it doesn't matter does it yeah Yeah. but if you haven't got that bill shot coming in then you try and maximize the system so you said your bills were a thousand a quarter were they what are they down to oh in the winter we'll pay three hundred dollars a quarter Um, but then coming into summer, we're basically in credit. So wow. even with a very little feed-in tariff. So look, the way, you know, when we first went in with an ROI, which I think most people do, but then we quickly realised we created a home of comfort, like ultimate comfort. It was just like, okay. And you didn't you, plan for that return? No, yeah, not at all. So we've made an incredibly comfortable house. Yeah. Okay, turn on the aircon. Go for it. It's no problem. And then you had that return on environment. So we go from ROI to ROC and then ROE and it becomes circular. So we feel good about it because we're not grabbing dirty mm. power from the grid and we've got a self-sufficient mm. home per se. So it makes you feel good about it. And I think a lot of people are doing this. They go in with solar and then they go, okay, and this is what's driving battery demand, I think, and this is what's driving EV. It's not just around virtue signaling. There is a need for it. They understand it's cheaper to run it this way, and especially when costs are going to go up 20% this year yeah. and 50% next year. So that's why we know it's solar adoption. And so if you've got all of that, how do you manage it? Home energy management systems are going to be really important and the interwoven part of it will be home automation. That was my next question was, are you seeing some good growth in home automation yeah, because amazing. of things like Block and all of those, all the yeah. marketing and advertising that's out there? Yeah, if you think about it, like my prior life to, to Clipsal, I was trying to connect everything in front of the wall, right, with all consumer products. But as soon as you turn off the switch, it's not connected anymore, right? Mm. So the only really true way to home automate is to make sure you're embedded into your house. So we see ourselves as the iOS in the house, all that's there. If we can embed it into the switch, then it doesn't matter whether the switch on and off, you can still control it. And that's why Iconic is such a, and the 40 Series Mech is such an important platform to be able to, and put that automation through. Now, we also always used to have to rely on a Wi-Fi router to get all the way to the garage. But now with the products that we have, they just basically thread along Mm. and they talk to each other. So that product that needs to be turned off, which is an outdoor socket, it threads along and daisy chains through there and there's hardly any latency. So that has been a big game changer. And and what about all the wireless signals pumping through the house? Is that dangerous? Uh, look, I probably could, I'm not a specialist in that area, yeah. so I probably couldn't comment on it. Yeah. But washing that, aren't we? I'm <laughs> sleeping with my phone next to my head, next to the Wi-Fi router. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. If you probably look at all the devices that you have in your home, there's a lot of yeah. stuff going on, yeah. right? But 
No, I'm pretty sure we will sit within the safety standards. I'm not pretty yeah, sure. I'm absolutely sure that we sit within the safety standards. Yeah. But I think it's pretty much low energy, right? It's yeah. not like a cell phone. Yeah, okay. So that ability, and you're going to get a proliferation of this stuff. Not only people doing connected, your TV's connected now as well. Yeah. Everything's yeah. connected in your house. Yeah. Are there some exciting new products on the horizon that you can share with us? Is there anything there that you want to let the cat out of the bag near Christmas time and give everybody yeah. a Christmas present? Or yeah. is there? Yeah, yeah. We, we've just we have a platform called Wiser which is our home automation. And what's really important is we continually build out the products that are available for that. So we just launched Smoke Alarm, a connected smoke alarm. And some people have said, why do you want a connected smoke alarm? But what you can do with that is program that to say, okay, if the alarm went off, one, you can turn it off from your smartphone. You don't have to get up on a stool with a broom and turn it off. But you could also light up a runway for you to exit out of the house using the lights if you've got the connected lights as well. So you could program that. So we're really excited about smoke alarms. We sell a lot of smoke alarms and AC connected smoke alarms and also DC as well. Yeah, that's one of the new products. We've got a lot for next year that are coming through. I can't talk about them right now, but there's some really cool innovation that we've worked on four years ago to make sure that we continually bring through. But this year we've had some really big improvements and so wiser more and more products around Wiser. Max 9, which is our new final distribution product, which makes it quicker and easier for electricians to install with the buzz bar along the top. Super nice. We know that electricians, this is the art of what they do. We see lots of Instagram. Have a look at this. They're very... It's the one place you can show off. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It has a nice deck or whatever, but it's well, sparky. you can't behind the wall, can you? Yeah, Problem. That's right. So if you look at Max 9, it's a really great product designed around that to show off <laughs> and to make it easy to install. So you can install it in super quick time and then make it look good. So we know that that part of it, and also we've extended the iconic range to outdoor. So we brought out a new iconic outdoor because consumers were telling us- We use those today and- it actually looks like an indoor switch. It does, and the client it? said to me, he goes, oh, mate, I actually wanted a weatherproof power pump. Mate, it is. Oh, it's yeah, a- you should have seen what we did around that. So we understood what the pain points were for the electrician, importantly, yeah. and we understood the pain points for the consumer. The consumer wanted a decorative choice. Mm. It looks very industrial. We sell a lot of them. They're great products, but it's very industrial. For the electrician, the silicon, the caps, everything yeah. was a nightmare, right? Mm. So now we've made it where it's an enclosed. It's super easy to put yeah. in. It's weatherproof. We've had fire hoses on that thing to try and make it fail. Yeah, right. It won't fail. Yeah, yeah. Right. So everybody's happy. Electrician's happy. Consumer's happy. So we've had three great products launched this year. And for the first time, you know how I was talking about that curve taking a long time? These products have just taken off straight oh, from the no start. No delay yeah, in the yeah, hockey yeah. straight away. Yeah, because we're not just making stuff that we want to make. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what the electrician so needs. is there going to be a two-gang switch in the Iconic weatherproof? Yes, there will be, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was one of the first things. We, we Then the research that told us that most of the entries for outdoor were back entry. And so the feedback we got straight away was like, oh, you're going to have to put conduits in there. So we've done that now. So we've listened to the feedback and put that in. And the other bit was coming back was a two-gang switch yeah, for well, outside. Use one today. I had to use a Hager one because oh, no. I needed a two gang. But yeah. on the head, like, I was in a cabana, so out on the yeah. cabana, we use Hager. On the house, we use Iconic. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting there. But we were taken back a bit about how quickly that took off, right? Yeah. Like other products, some of the stalwarts of some of our products, like 413QC, took it a long time to, and even Iconic, the actual, it took a long time as well. But these new products have just been so quick. Mm. It's caught us off guard mm. a little bit. Max 9, we were out of stock almost auto- automatically. Really? Oh, yeah, we were like, whoa, okay, this is going for it. So it comes down to really understanding and doing all of that qualitative research, sitting down with the electrician, right, what do you think of this? The stuff that you should be doing rather than the stuff that you know and try and make something, oh, I reckon it used to be sparky 20 years ago, I'll make this. <laughs> it's all about the foundation piece, right? You get the yeah. foundation right, then it'll take off yeah. from yeah. there. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the show. As we wind down the show, Jamie and I like to do a little rapid fire quiz with our guests. It's a little bit of fun. It's just the first yeah, yeah, thing sure. that comes yep. to mind. Just a couple of quick no questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start off by asking that first question right there. I can't even understand what you're reading. <laughs> oh really? I'm, I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to read it upside down. What should Sparkies do more of? Oh, invest in themselves in terms of they are professionals and our research tells us, consumers tell us that. They are the trusted person in their house. So invest in themselves, see where the trends are going 
do that training around that. There's so many places that you can be in the Sparky and what you specialise in, but looking at what you think, where it's going to go, what manufacturers are telling you where it's going to go. So yeah, for sure, invest in themselves. And the first step would be go onto the Clipsal website because there is some courses on there. Yeah, yeah. if you join up with Club Clipsal, then you'll get a lot of this information that's coming. And investing in themselves and also the systems that they have, there's a lot more digital tools out there now. We've got a great partnership with Tradify, which is... We had Tradify. We did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've just announced that partnership with them. So we know that electricians that have got people from one to five will jump onto that platform. So working close with them in terms of delivering the best possible outcome to make it easier and more seamless. So investing in themselves and their business and getting educated around where the trends are is what that would be my first answer. Nice one said that might be the most sensible answer we've ever had to that question. <laughs> my one is the next one is what should Sparkies do less of? That's a good one. I think they're very price focused, like incredibly price focused. And I know it's hard to get away from that, but trust in themselves and the product and the service that they're delivering, that will bring the value. Looking around at what every other Sparky does, yeah, I don't know. It's probably going to set a course for a lower price over yeah. time. You see some of the younger ones coming through going, I know what I know. Yeah. I'm good at it. Yeah. And this is the price I'm yeah, going to pay. I completely agree with you because I got a bill the other day. I'm doing a renovation at home. And I got a bill for pest. So the yeah. guy spent two one-hour visits, and to get the certificate, I had to pay eight hundred and seventy-five plus GST. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, I really need that certificate. Then I thought about it. I'm like, well, when we do electrical work, we also need to provide a certificate, and we might do a job for one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I'm like. You're supplying a pest certificate and I'm paying 825 plus GST for two one-hour visits. Did you spray anything? Did nothing. You just put some, like some <laughs> just told you that stuff there was on no the pest. concrete so that it wouldn't get through into the timber. And I'm like, we sell ourselves so short. We yeah. deal with something that is so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And like on my TikTok, everyone's on there going, oh, I can do it myself. I'm like, you probably can. You can probably get it working. But if it's you wrong. get it wrong once. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you get it wrong once and someone dies, you end up in the clink. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're right with what you say. Like the younger guys are coming through and go, you know what, this is what I'm worth. And if you don't want to use me, use somebody else. Yeah, and then they're getting more around their marketing and stuff like that and yeah. how to, like you're using TikTok, et cetera, <clears throat> how to get that reach out there. Yeah. Those tools weren't there before. Yeah. It was word of mouth. But now you can really, yeah, and you're seeing some sparkies online that are just like incredible about what they do. So Have they're bringing these up. guys parodies? No. <laughs> No, I haven't, no, oh but I will, though. <laughs> so. I'll get you some links. Yeah, yeah okay, good. Yeah, check links. it out. All right, last question for the rapid fire. All right, so your superpower in your business, what would it be? Oh, our quality. Yeah. yeah. What so, about personally, though? Oh, my, my personal yeah, superpower? superpower yeah. Look, I'm, I'm reasonably good at connecting people and telling a story. I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. nailed that today. Yeah, so I would. that's my superpower, bringing yep. high-performing people together to create a great team. My own one is that storytelling, my authenticity, I think. Like, I started my life as an electrician. That's what I wanted to do. But So I equally have a perspective on the world that is not only what the electrician wants, but also what the consumer wants. So I'm pushing my team around that. It's yep. not just all about the consumer. There's some products that the consumer won't be involved in, but it's understanding who that chooser and user is mm. and what influence they have over the decision. Yeah, beautifully said. All right, let's take a little break and we'll wrap this one up. All right, Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show. As we round out here, I always like to give the guest the final word here. If you've maybe left something out or something else that you wanted to say or did we cover it all for you here today? I think it's been a great conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed this and happy to come back on again if there's any other questions. It's such a great industry. We've got such great partners. We've got such great customers and we love to hear from them and what they want and what they need. And yeah, no, I think we've covered a pretty wide range of bases. Clipsal has been around for a hundred odd years and we've got a breadth of knowledge there and there's a breadth of product that is quite wide. So I reckon we could talk all day. I reckon around. you could too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you could, Rob. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, honestly, Chris, I'm truly honoured to have the CEO of Clipsal on today. So yep, really no appreciate you coming you. on, spending the time with us. And I'm sure that our listeners will also appreciate your time. So thank you very yeah, no much. Problem. Thanks very much. Excellent. Right. If people wanted to connect with you, what would be the best way? Would it be uh, LinkedIn? Just jump onto LinkedIn. Yep, everything's there. I do a couple of little videos and stuff like that just around my own EV journey. So have a look at those videos on there. 
basically myth busting a lot of the stuff that's out there at the moment, just from my own experience. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to do. Very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, just have a little look in the show notes and you can see the links right there to connect with Chris. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way, mate? Oh, on TikTok now. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Are you dancing on there? And no, I haven't done any dances, but I've done just some ranting. controversial videos on oh. there that have got a bit of traction. But You won't get banned um, on I don't TikTok. Have, I don't have the time to scroll through the, the comments, but there's a few negative ones on there, but, mate, any publicity is good publicity. That's it. So long as they're talking about you, bro. That's yeah, what matters. And also huh? on Instagram at Pro Image Electrical. So yeah, yeah, reach out to me there. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to connect with me, please reach out via Instagram. It's just rob.brus77. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got some ideas for a show or you've got some guests that you want us to talk to, please reach out to Jamie or myself. And we always love hearing your feedback. Don't forget, you can head on over to the website at theelectricianscoop.com. And you can connect with us over there as well. Jamie, have you got a quote before we round out the show today? Not today. I was a bit flustered, but I got here. It took me uh, a little while to get here and I was covered in gibrock dust, so I'm a little unprepared. So it, was, it, was actually, no from me. it was actually funny. He like bomb burst into the door and he's like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm, and I'm like, hi, Jamie. He's like, I, had, I had to go put some cold water on my face because I was a little flustered. <laughs> and we came back for a take two, didn't we? And it was all okay. You're laughing and smiling now, so that's good. All right, gentlemen, let's get out of here. Thanks again, Chris. We'll see you next Thanks, time. Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Give me all your time tonight. Promise I'm going to make it right. We don't got to talk too much. Just sit back and enjoy the Right here and now And I don't need no problem.